Right, it's wrong term memory and it's me, Jack. How you doing, Colin? You alright? Sorry, mate. <laughs> Fucked up. Sorry, 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 mate. Sorry. <clears throat> oh, no, I'm leaving that in, mate. Hurry up. Come on. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. This is unprofessional. <laughs> uh, hi, mate. I'm good. How are you? Are you alright? Yeah. Uh, after that car crash, if I start, I'm not bad, mate. I'm not bad. Um, yes. Uh, what's, what's been happening? Anything of excitement, of news? No. Since nah, last week. not really, mate. Went, went, I went to, went to Hamden and watched a game of football. It wasn't all that enjoyable. Um, other than that, nah, nothing really that exciting. Um, a lot of time spent watching shite in the telly, mate. What about you? Yeah, I'm a pretty similar, mate. Um, I didn't go to the game, but um, I was in the house and I scunnered, man. So I couldn't speak up with that. What have I been watching on telly? Well, you actually texted me the other night saying, um, have you been watching Parole? And I nice. said, no, I've been watching Bronson Fit to be Free, which is about him trying to get parole. But tell us about parole, because we're actually going to speak a little bit more about Charles Bronson later. Um, so parole is a new BBC documentary. Um, it's on for an hour. I think there's been two episodes, three episodes so far. And each episode just shows you two guys that are in prison waiting to find out if they get parole or not. It does a little bit of uh, telling you what they did, interviews them. Uh, goes and speaks to some of the victims, and then you watch their parole meeting. Basically, it's all videoed and all filmed and stuff like that. And um, at the end of each episode, you find out if they've got parole or not. See, um, that's really interesting because w- watching the, the Charles Bronson thing that's on Channel Four. I watched the, the two episodes the other night. The I thought that all parole hearings were done privately because he's really pushing to get for his to be the first parole hearing done in public and I think his hearing was actually today but I don't know what happened I think is it the 6th of March that is um, it was today there is some notes on the document I've added a bit to his parole meeting today actually oh right okay because he was because he's been up for parole Charles Bronson what 6 or 7 7 times I think so he's, he's been up for parole hunters basically and he keeps getting knocked back um, because he's a fucking maniac um, I don't think you should be out. But you, any opinions on Charles Bronson? You know, do, do you know anything? Did you ever watch the film with Tom Hardy, for example? Yes, I did. I watched that. I quite enjoyed that. It was good. Um, it was around about that time when everything Tom Hardy did was good. So I enjoyed that. Um, he's a bit of a nutcase, but I don't think it. So he's a strange one, right? He's always a nutcase, and but he's a seventy-year-old man who's been in prison for something like fifty years or something like that. 48 years, um, I think he's been in prison, yeah. He never murdered anybody. Um, he Lots and lots of too- other crimes and stuff like that, but he's never murdered anybody. He shouldn't be in jail, but now, at the age of 70, after being there for 50 years, I actually don't know how he would cope coming out, so I don't know if coming out's the right thing either. Like the, is it revidicism, re- 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 That That's definitely not how you say it, but like when people come out and they, they do crimes again, yeah. See that rate? Basically, according to this documentary, like once people hit 70, that rate is basically 0%. Like when people come out right? of prison, because they get to 70 and they just don't do crime anymore. But this guy's such a different case because, like, he get put, what was it, he get put back in uh, back in the 70s? Like it was, he get put in prison for an armed robbery and he gets seven years and he's basically been in prison ever since because he's took something like. 11 different hostages, something like that, nine different hostages. He's been part of 11 different riots. He's been on the roofs at so many different prisons. He's just a fucking maniac. But, he, like, 
Like you said, you, you kind of sound like that. That's his thing. Is I never murdered anybody. I never raped anybody. I never done anything with kids. That that's that's the three things that he says all the time. Is these are the things yeah. that I've not done. But what about all the shady things he has done, man? I really don't know. He's um, his son is trying to get him out, and his son is a seems like a bit of a he's a paparazzi. So you automatically just think that guy's a sleazeball. Um, it just sons, makes sense, doesn't it? You put two and two uh, together with that, that that kind of vocation, and you just think they do. Like, like I say, I, I don't want to just speak corners about um, Charles Bronson. So you've got some notes there, mate. So I read what you've found, and then if there's anything that pops into mind about, from the documentary, I'll just jump in with that because well, like, I, I was quite interested in the guy, and I liked the Tom Hardy film, but that's kind of where he is. He loves that being in the limelight because he is. Like Britain's hardest prisoner or Britain's maddest prisoner, and he loves that shit. He absolutely fucking loves that stuff. And his he son definitely helped him get in the papers and stuff like that with being a pap. Like he had like hotlines to like headline writers and, and things like that, and he would feed them fake stories, like just to get him in the paper so that he, his dad um, could read about himself in prison, basically, and make the front page of, like the sun and shit like that. So it's a bit of a weird relationship they've got because I don't think he found out. He had a son, or he didn't. It was like 2017 or something like that before they'd done DNA tests or whatever to, to figure that out. But he grew up his whole life not, not having a dad. And the way he speaks about Charles Bronson is weird. Again, mate, I'm just going on and on. Sorry. Um, That's okay. What, Sorry. What, what, what did you find? You find anything interesting? Well, the main thing I found out was, was he, his hearing was today. So we were recording this on Monday, yeah. uh, Monday the 6th of March, and his hearing was today. And for a guy that's so desperate and desperate and desperate to get out of jail, it doesn't sound like it's gone that well. Right, so has um, it not? Right, I've not read anything about it. So he started it off with saying to the, 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 the parole hearing board members, um, first of all, I've had more porridge than Goldilocks and the Three Bears and I'm sick of it. He says that in the documentary as well. That just m- must just be a line. Of, yeah, of he his, said that he's, yeah, he's had enough of prison and he wants to go home. Um, he said that 50 years to be in prison, he should probably have done 35. He said, I've been very naughty. But not naughty, naughty, just right. naughty. Aye. Um, he said, I've had 11 hostages. I'm not proud of that, but I'm not ashamed of it either, which is one of the main things the pro board looked for to hear, is that you are ashamed of it and you do admit that it was bad. He's not done that. Yeah, they want you to be remorseful, basically. Um, I've just run onto the Sky website, just sorry to, again, just jump in. Um, he tells the pro board that he just... Just couldn't stop taking hostages. Just couldn't stop doing it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not like I couldn't stop buying trainers. I couldn't stop fucking um, going to the shops. I couldn't stop taking hostages, man. He's changed his name as well, you know that, yeah? Are you yeah, going to Salvador. Yeah, I've got that. I've got a bit of his, his latest marriage as well later on. Um, right. He basically said that he was battling against the system and it's his way of getting back and there's nothing quite like wrapping a prison governor up like a Christmas turkey. He said um, this in his parole. Is this from his parole hearing today? This is, this is all from his parole today, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, he's never getting come, it, man. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> I've come to the stage of my life now where I just want my bus pass. Um, <laughs> I've slept in body belts. I've slept in straight jackets. But how much longer have I got to go? I'm a chilled out man and I feel comfortable with myself. I handle situations a hundred times better than I used to. Um, he also spoke for some reason. He told them all about his um, time as an unlicensed boxer. And he told the pro hearing that he had six boxing matches, uh, five with men and one with a Rottweiler. 
right? Right, okay. Um, he said he was strong, thick, fast, and the only way he could knock him out was with an axe in the back of the head. Um, he also spilled juice all over himself because he dropped his carton of juice that he was drinking <laughs> from. And he oh, stood God. up and told the parole panel that he looked like he'd pissed himself. <laughs> um, and then the, the last thing that he said that I thought was quite funny was um, he said to them, listen, there's been no violence. Um, there's not been any... There's, um, there's been no fix. There's been some fix built in my thinking and my willingness to engage. Mm-hmm. And then after an hour of the proceedings, he turned around and said to them, I'm getting bored here. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> you skipped over a bit there about him being a born again artist. He, he started yeah. drawing pictures and shit like that, man. Some of them are actually not bad. Like, yeah, he's got, he's got a bit of talent to him. For what, what do you call it? Outsider art, basically. Yes, I think that's what you call that type of art, like criminals and, and vagrants and stuff like that. Um, it's not bad, but he knows exactly what he's what he's doing. He just craves media attention, and he'll be loving the fact that he's like one of the top rated articles just now on Sky News, for example. He's got all that stuff going on. He'll be all over the papers again. He just absolutely loves it. But his son, that says his son, has sort of stuck up for him over the last five or six years and they're dealing with this so I, again I just don't know if this is me being just passing judgement before actually learning the facts but the lawyer that is dealing with the parole case he's basically a parole lawyer he gets people right. out of prison and he's I think he's got some naughty naughty people out of prison through parole right, okay. the, the parole process so he doesn't seem like the the un- it seems like a bit of a shady character, if I'm being perfectly honest. And his son <laughs> he's, he's is... A, he's addicted. a criminal lawyer rather than a criminal lawyer. One of those ones. Right, okay. I, if, you want to, if you want to put it like that, basically, yes, a criminal lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that was funny today that I read about this as well was that just because of Davis' parole hearing, there was some bookie slashed the odds on him, uh, but on the next series of I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. Did they give you a price on it? I can't remember what it was, but the, it, it fell from like five hundred to one to in the hundreds or something. Oh, like that. Right, so okay. That would be that would be good television. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know he got married a couple of years ago? Yes. Um, right. Yeah. Quite a good looking lassie. Um, yeah, I put pictures in for you because I don't know if you'd seen her or not. Yeah, she's in. Um, the, she's in the documentary. Oh, she's not. She's dead now. She she's killed herself. Dead now. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Supposedly a drug overdose. Um, I'm not laughing. I am laughing, but it's because Charles Bronson divorced her. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you look, as I put a picture of the two of them on their wedding day there for you. Um, now she actually used to be in. She was in Coronation Street and she was in Hollyoaks. She was an actress. Ah, uh, she was um, like a, a bit part actress type thing. Yeah. She got my attention on photo number two, which was the when I first saw her in the press. Because she went to visit him and she used to always wear these really short dresses when she went to meet him. Oh. And then there's a picture of her on Loose Women as well. Um, but they got married. But he divorced her because he felt that she was too promiscuous looking. He didn't like the way she dressed when she wasn't with him. There was pictures was in the, the paper. There was pictures in the paper of her kissing our guys, basically our guys way like like motorboating her, like doing that to him, stuff like that. And and he took that as a right, uh, as her being a bit of a slag. Um and divorced her basically, and that kind of made her upset. And she's that's from Loose Women. That um, that picture, picture. Of Loose Women. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. She ended up killing herself not long after that. Um, the the boyfriend's got a lot to do. No, the boyfriend, the son, has got quite a bit to do with this as well, because he basically he knew that she 
was like a, a model in inverted commas, an aspiring actress, and she just wanted that promotion. She, she really just wanted that kick, like to yeah. marry to marry Charles Bronson, and he very much was was involved with it, like saying, "Right, cool, you you're, you'll be a flash in the pan. You'll get a couple of years maybe out of it, but you'll eventually fall from the line. Like nobody's going to care uh, and stuff like that." He actually, she went on honeymoon by herself, and <laughs> Charles, so Charles Bronson said to the son, "I want you to get a picture." Of me and her on the beach, and he's like, "What do you, what do you mean? Like you're in prison?" But what he eventually done was he got his autobiography and got her to sit with her legs kind of wide open on the beach with a autobiography with his face with the book right in the middle. Did you see that picture? I would see. I'll Google it after this. <laughs> but yeah, and that's what he wanted to a picture of them on the beach. So she went on the honeymoon by herself, and she knew that he would be pap- paparazzi and her. She can't. I'll, I'll just, I'll just go straight out there. I think there's got to be something fucking wrong with you if you want to marry a criminal like that. Yeah, like he, especially when a, you're a, a relative successful woman. She's a good-looking woman as well, and she's decided to start writing to guys that are in prison for life. It seems bad. Yeah. So, but she knew what she was getting into, it, and the, the, like I said, the paparazzi son, bit of a slimeball, kinda. I'm not saying fucking killed her but like definitely something to do with it like pumping in front of the papers and stuff like that and doing all that sort of stuff to get her that celebrity it's, boost back then so when yeah. was that that was what it's 2017 they got married and she was right, dead in okay. 2019 right so okay it's it is sus it's very sus to be fair i don't know the outs of it all i know is that she's it's said to be suicide via drug overdose which is probably the easiest way to look like a suicide if you really wanted to do that, isn't it? So I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think I didn't pick up on any sort of theories that she got murdered or anything like that. I just feel like she was obviously she was un, she was unwell, and then to get publicly divorced by Britain's worst guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, man! That's a bit of a boot in the fanny, you know. So I, it's a shame she killed herself and the. That says there's got to there's got to be shit going on. Um, yeah, he changed his name to uh, Charles Salvador. Charles Salvador, that's it. Based um, on Salvador Dali, isn't it? Is it actually based on him? I never knew that. Yeah, um, he's a, he's an artist, so that was when he started doing his drawing and all that. He picked that. Mm, yeah, he's the Milton Clock guys. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, that was also to try and get a clean start. Basically, that's what he was. He's kidding himself on. He's had different names as well. I think did he not go like? Like quite Muslim or Islamic with one of his names at some point. Like, I think he did at one point. He certainly did discover. He discovered yeah. some religion at one point. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. So Charles Bronson names. He's definitely had a funny name like Ali something. Um, Ali Ahmed. Charles Ali Ahmed. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously he wasn't born Charles Bronson either. He was born Michael Gordon Peterson. Yeah, he just got so... called Charlie his whole life basically. Because um, the interview, his mum, his mum's still alive, or his mum was still alive. Um, when this documentary was going on, the interview her, and she's obviously like, "Oh, he's always been a good boy with me," you know. Uh, of course he's he has. T- he's t- he took a fucking teacher hostage. It was a like he's, he's took an, an art teacher, wasn't it? Yeah, and it, the guy wasn't even meant to be in duty. Um, he he was like a head teacher. And like one of his teachers pulled out sick, and like a head teacher's duty sometimes is to sort of step in and just sort of cover classes, basically. Yeah. And he ended up stepping in for that one day, and Charles Bronson kidnapped him with a spear, like he had like a fucking six foot spear with a big blade on the end of it. Um, 
another life sentence had he done for that? He did, yeah, because something to do with if you, if you like basically taking a hostage is almost worse than murdering somebody in, in, in a prison sense. Like if you do that, right? Okay. Charles Charles Bronson says I would have been as well murdering them basically, right, and then I probably okay. wouldn't have got a life sentence. But because you're taking somebody hostage, for some reason that's worse in the eyes. Like when you when you're in prison, you take somebody hostage. It's really quite they they, they take a dim view of that. Basically. Right, okay. He tried to he tried to batter the governor of one of the prisons he was in because the governor stopped him. The governor stopped a, a letter getting to him, which had a photo of his mother in it. Right, and that so, was quite recent as well. Like, that was only a couple of years ago, was it not? Yeah, like, 20, 2018 I think it was. Uh huh. There's been allegations as well that he's tried to batter people in the last couple of years as well. Two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty. He's never getting out. He's never ever getting out. Um, uh, I, I think there's uh, an argument that he should be. He, should, he probably shouldn't be in maximum security at seventy years of age. There's probably well, some he, sort of halfway house he could be in between maximum security and being locked up for twenty three hours a day, and getting out in the streets. There's got to be something uh, he can do. I think. Uh, as far as I know, he has been moved, not moved prison, but moved from like high risk to medium risk. Like in the right, same okay. prison, but he's not. It's like the first time in forty years or whatever he's been medium risk rather than high risk. So because he's uh, literally been tw- locked up twenty three hours a day for the, the vast majority of this time, hasn't he? So he has. Even yeah, that's, even that's a change. Yeah, he was in Broadmoor as well, getting pumped through of the what did they call it? The liquid baton, where they just pump you for the medicine, basically, or the liquid cosh. That's what he calls it. So you just get that jag in your ass to knock you out. She was a zombie for years. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I think it does point to real failings in the criminal justice system uh, or in the prison system that, that that this is what's happened and it's made him an animal, treated like an animal, be an animal. That sort of whole vibe. But he, even if that is the case, he is still damaged, and there's no danger. I think he comes out and somebody looks at him the wrong way in the middle of the street or say something to him because he's got, he's, got paranoid, he's got paranoid schizophrenia yeah. so like he just think that cunt's looking at me and then just attack them well even with somebody that's been locked up for that length of time can you imagine him coming out and trying to get his head around the fact that MD in the world anywhere they could be could go on Twitter and call him a dickhead just stuff like that you'd imagine would just send him crazy mm-hmm. Um, you, you said it's a bit of a, a shows up the prison service the other way to look at it is that it also shows up the prison service that this guy who is in maximum security, has been able to take 11 people hostage. He's been able to get on roofs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been able to plan abductions. It's, and then they've also let somebody, they let a big ride into Mario. So <laughs> it's like, it's, it is, the whole thing's a bit of a mess. Um, I don't think he's going to get out, but I, I'm, I'm going to watch the documentary. Is there a lot of footage of him talking on it? Yeah, because what they've done is like, he's got an iPad in prison, so how many son are speaking on the iPad? Right, okay. So there's quite a lot of footage of the the camera recording from like behind the sun, basically speaking to him on the. Right, on the I'm going to watch this. I think it sounds really good. But you should give Parole a watch as well. Uh-huh. Um, it's very, it's, it's all like one of the guys was a murder. Uh, the next one was a guy that was frauding people. Right. Um, what was the other? There was another two. One was an, an assault and something else. But it's just really well made. Um, and it's like you say, you don't often see a parole meeting. You don't often see the people that actually make the decision. You don't see the questions they ask. And it's all filmed. I think probably the difference between Bronson want I think Bronson wanted this to be live on TV or something, didn't he? Whereas this is all recorded a year ago, sort of thing. This documentary, right, you see okay. bits of it. 
Right. Right. He it's just well wanted a public hearing. Right, aye, it sounds yeah. interesting. I kind of like prison shows and stuff like that, you know, like world's toughest prisons and stuff like that. I suppose we'll speak a wee bit about prisons and stuff like that over the next couple of episodes. Like, I was kind of looking at other like crazy prisoners, right, and I'm, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about this guy, but have you ever heard of a guy called Thomas Silverstein? Not until today. Right. Um, the guy has supposedly spent the longest in solitary confinement ever in, in America because he was leader of the Aryan Brotherhood gang, which obviously mad neo-Nazis in prison. I think yeah. I think they're just a prison gang. Like obviously, there's the, there's the Aryan guys outside, but I think the Aryan Brotherhood are, are actually just a prison gang. Right, okay. I think. Right. But he was a leader of that. He got put in solitary confinement for killing a couple of corrections officers uh, in Illinois, basically. He actually got put in a specially designed cell um, called Range 13, which was at the Florence Federal penitentiary in Colorado and the only reason I brought him up is because basically he's been in solitary confinement for like 33 of those 36 years so like he he's the longest on record of being locked up in a box by yourself for 33 years. I've just googled that cell to see what right. it looks like uh-huh. only two people in, the, in history have had, been, have had to be put in it yeah. um, it's a solid steel door Um a concrete stooling table, a concrete bed, your shower and your toilet are all in there, so you've got no reason to ever leave it. Um, and you've got one four-inch window, and that is oh, it. It looks grim. Oh, he's been a nummiest his fucking life, man. Jesus. <laughs> and I think it was specially built for him. Well, he deserves it, so I hope he hates it. Yes, um, I don't know what you put in jail for, just being a racist piece of shit and murdering people, I'd imagine. But, um, yeah, that was um, just just another prisoner, basically, that I found. Um, I also looked up some prisons, mate, so I, I want to take this one, actually, because I think this one's quite interesting, and then I'll let you take the next one. Cool, go for it. Uh, this one's called, we're just going to call it Camp 22, basically, because it's <laughs> got a North Korean name that I will murder. Well, I'll try it. Uh, Kwan Lee So, basically. Uh, Camp oh, 22. that was beautiful the way you said yeah, that. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. This isn't this, I think this got voted like fourth, third worst prison in the world because it was like one of those fucking stupid top top 50 lists, basically. This was like ahead of Guantanamo Bay and stuff like that. Okay. Um, this is a political prisoner camp and basically it's isolated from the outside world completely. Maximum security, inmates and their families. Oh, it's so North Korean, isn't it? <laughs> it's so grim. Like, are held there for infinity. Like, just the rest of their lives, basically. Okay. Set up in 1965. Uh, the number of prisoners like sort of shot up through the roof in the nineteen nineties, following the closure of another three camps sort of around about that same area. It's eighty seven square mile in size, right? So it's fucking humongous. Uh, bordered by three and a half thousand volt electric fences inside, like barbed wire fence, obviously. So very secure. And there are about a thousand. Listen, to, this is guards. There's a thousand guards on it, <laughs> and six hundred admin agents. That's how big it is, basically. Um, automatic weapons, grenades, fucking trained dogs and stuff like that. Just um, keeping these political prisoners, not fucking, not rapists, not fucking murderers. Political prisoners, basically, yeah. in this camp. Um, MD who's just dared to speak out about North Korea, basically. Yeah, basically, like prisoners are like. I don't. It says spotted with injuries. I don't know who's spotting them, but like they've got missing ears, their noses are all fucked up, their faces are all scarred. Um, they get fed just corn, basically. That's all they get. It's like Jesus. corn. Two portions of corn a day. Um, country missing limbs, forced to work. The only source of meat in their diets is the occasional rat or frog that they need to oh, basically fucking hunt themselves. Um, so there's 
That's in this. Up to 2,000 inmates. That sounds like a lot of inmates. That's the amount of inmates that die each year. <laughs> That's just fucking wild, man. Um, most of the children that are born there, obviously, or whatever, or that get put in there, children are getting put in there to stay with their families, die before they get to the age of 10. Uh, they're living in rooms of 100, 100 people in a single room. Um, you can get rewarded for your good work um, by getting put in a, a just a, a shitty condition room, like not the worst, just a bit, a bit not as bad, basically. Okay. Beaten, basically. Um, Obviously, yep, yep. absolutely. Um, th- this one, I'd never, I'd never heard of this one. So they, they get put in a tank of water, basically, right up to their nose. Mm-hmm. But it's up to their nose when they're on their tiptoes. No, that's just horrendous. That's, so, like, that's a whole new sort of evilness. Like, and they're, they're left in there for 24 hours at a time, basically. So yeah. when they can't go on their tiptoes, they go down and start to drown. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking horrendous. Um, I, I was going to say you could swim, but it's like a... You don't have room to basically you can't move. Yeah. Aye, basically get fucked. So that's kind of what they're doing. I hadn't heard of this prison. It sounds absolutely prime for some sort of... Um, Netflix special or something about it. Oh, it sounds right. fucking horrendous. Don't just um, never get the cameras in or anything though. Yeah, well, that's it. Aye, that's it. But that's Camp Twenty Two in in North. Louis Theroux might go. Louis Theroux might go to it one day. It sounds up his street. Anyway, I have again. Uh, yeah, it's one of those places that nobody, nobody from the outside is ever going to be able to see. Man. Um, the other one that you mentioned, or the other one you've you've wrote about here, is the Karen Diru Penitentiary. Um, which during its peak was South America's largest prison, holding over 8,000 prisoners. Um, it opened up in 1920 in response to the demands of the 1890 Criminal Code, and it was at the time considered a model prison. Um, it's in Sao Paulo, in Brazil, and it's mostly remembered to the 1992 Carandiro Massacre. Uh, that was the one that you might remember. Um, the incident was sparked by inmate revolt, and the police just made little to no effort, basically, to negotiate with the prisoners. They just sent military police in because uh, prison guards couldn't control the situation and over 100 uh, prisoners died that day. Um, I think it was 111 in total. Uh, the uh-huh. police shot 102 of them. That's wild, and, that? <laughs> Yeah, and nine others stabbed each other to death, basically, prior to the police coming in. Um, it's When you send the police in to solve an issue like that and they kill over 100 people, that's... Horrendous. They were just um, shooting fucking cunts that were had their hands up and stuff like that by the sounds of it, man. Like people that were hiding and shit, just shooting them in the face. Yeah, people were surrendering, they were hiding, they were just wanting the whole thing to stop, and they were just shooting everybody basically. Um it's a civil rights violation, basically. Brazil's ashamed of it. Um huh. the guy that was in command of it uh, was sentenced to this is stupid, to six hundred and thirty two years in jail. Huh. Um but his sentence was then voided. Of course it was. Um, he was then assassinated in September of 2006. Ah, uh, good. Um, I suppose if he's in charge of that shit, man, that's fucking horrendous. I think we're going to probably talk about later um, as the show Prison Break. And, I'll speak about that next episode, I think, man. Yeah, in the third season, the prison that Michael ends up in again is based on that. Yeah, that's sort of like... like you, the prisoners just run it by themselves almost and yeah. the guards just sort of like point guns in. Yeah, this was, that was the one where he met, he met Whistler. And then Whistler yeah. had his book about birds. That was season three, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was quite, I, I enjoyed most, but we'll speak about Prison Break because um, I quite enjoyed it, yeah. Um, yeah right, before we steal the internet's ideas, we asked you last last week um, to share the episodes because we, we think that's a, 
a sort of new, um, it's called a call to arms. This is what they call it in the podcast in the world, a CTA. We thought it was quite a new one. And I've seen like four or five people like sharing episodes, like even just screenshotting the episodes and just putting pictures of it and stuff like that. And all that stuff makes a massive difference. So again, um, if you could just share this episode, be click the share button or screenshotting yeah, or whatever, just getting it out there, man. It makes a big difference. Yeah, it's much appreciated to the five that did it. And if an R5 do it this week, or R5 next week, we'll be well on our way. So if you care, give us a share. That is it. Uh, right, still in the internet's ideas, mate. Reddit again. Very short and sweet just to wrap this episode up. Um, just about prison, basically. Um, so this is a story. I had a short guy bunk with me. This is this guy's words. Not a midget, just really short. Um, <laughs> he made a thong out of a t-shirt and would wear it in, around when you guys showed up to mess with him. He'd walk up to their cells wrapped in a blanket like he was cold, take it off and kind of pose a little bit before he started talking to them. He called it a and in inverted commas, a mong, because it was a man thong. Um, sometimes okay, you'd walk into people. That's all right. Right. A portmanteau. There we are. Um, sometimes you'd walk into others' cells, crawl up the bunk, and while they were sleeping, I'm surprised this week I never get muddled by the sounds of it. Um, and for that brief second, he would jump up and say, oh, shit, I thought this was my bunk. Uh, everybody else used to play along uh, like he was a little crack-addicted rapist. <laughs> I don't know. That's the only reason I put that story in. Actually, I was like getting a wee bit bored of that story there, and it was just that last sentence: a crack addicted rapist. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, this guy. I'm a contractor in the UK who works in prisons from time to time. And I once saw a guy catch a duck. <laughs> I love that man. It's short and sweet. Oh, I told you about my pal. He did a duck years ago. <laughs> yes. Job top stuck hitting a duck man flying through there. Um. I was in a military prison for a few weeks. Uh, the guys there put a play on to make me feel like I was going to get raped. After two days off this play, they all started laughing. Jesus. So, <laughs> oh, that sounds like fun, yeah. People like living in fear of getting raped until you find um, out they're only playing with you in inverted commas. We'll, we'll end with someone's best quote they've ever heard in jail, and it's a quote that I think I'll try and bring into my daily life. That's good. My luck is so bad that if it was raining pussy, I'd get hit with a dick. <laughs> ah, that'll do today, man. That's a nice way to wrap that up. So, cheers, Carl. Yeah, cheers, mate. Bye. Right, speak soon. Bye. Colin, I personally don't think there's anybody still listening, and if they are, they're pretty hardcore long-term memory fans, and I would be expecting them to go and sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash long-term memory, or by clicking the link in the show notes. Absolutely, and if for whatever reason they can't do that, and paying for content isn't their bag, they can still offer us continual support by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mm-hmm.